Hello, you're very welcome to episode number 49 of FNI Rap Chat. Big thank you to everyone who turned out for the event uh, last Monday in Dublin, uh, our Storyland um, pitching and networking event. It was a great night. Um, I think there was at least 70 people who came along and uh, a lot of really good talks from people who've been through the Storyland process before. Um, so we had Gavin Ryan, Janet Kemperman, Keen McCargill and Nick Dunning who also gave a, a really interesting talk on pitching and how to uh, be confident standing up in front of people and pitching your ideas which was uh, really really interesting really different and then people uh, got to pitch their ideas as well so it was a fantastic night. So this uh, guest for today is Ross Colleen of Motherland.ie uh, someone I've been trying to get on the show for ages. Uh, really brilliant uh, producer, director. His background was in editing. Um, he st- set up a company called Event Junkies, uh, doing kind of corporate work for uh, various different clients, including Google and Red Bull. Uh, they produce amazing content, and their their pitch was to do things uh, with a turnaround of twenty four hours. And then Motherland uh, was their more kind of filmic and kind of artistic uh, side to the business so you can check out a lot of their films there like a film that Ross did a few years ago called Becoming Men uh, which was a kind of a viral sensation fantastic short film about uh, the lads in inner inner city Dublin uh, jumping from great heights into uh, the docks and into the canal and Yet they represent a lot of really exciting filmmakers, Irish filmmakers and international filmmakers uh, like Finn Keenan. And uh, yeah, it was just a really good chat uh, telling us about his new film, 99 Problems, that he directed uh, about the kind of murky underworld of uh, Dublin's kind of uh, ice cream scene, which was really interesting. Uh, And that is getting its premiere this weekend at uh, Diff on... Monday, I think, as the uh, uh, shorts program tree. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's go to Ross Killeen. Ross, very welcome. Thanks for Hello, make, taking the time. I know you're a very busy man. No, not really. So we appreciate it. <laughs> not today, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we actually just picked him up in the betting shop next door. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ross, come on, come on. Yeah, so yeah. Get Leave the GGs yeah, alone. Yeah, come on, yeah, get yeah, in. We need you. I have a chap still kicking off. <laughs> 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 How yeah, are you we doing? See, we see some uh, good, characters thanks. next door. I'm very good. It's Friday. It's five o'clock. Dry January is over, so I brought a few... Yeah, Beers with me, but, uh, I'm on dry you February. On, you're on dry February, and yeah. you're going somewhere. So yeah, I have a. I'm like a lonely dip, so drinking my can here on my I, own. I uh, did the dog. I was traveling for January, so. I okay, have fair enough. Many beers. Good excuse. Good excuse. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting back on the wagon. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> stagecoach. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, you're looking forward to uh, your premiere, world premiere. Of yeah. your new movie, the world premiere, ninety nine problems, ninety nine problems, yep. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about ninety nine problems and how it came to be. Okay, so it go, it's a long story. It goes back about um, four years, really. Okay. Um, my wife was doing uh, driving lessons, 
and um, she had this driving instructor and his name was Ken and uh, she got on really well with him, you know, just driving around, having the crack as you do, doing your seven point turns and all that. <laughs> and Ken was kind of this real buzzer, you know, like uh, just the two of them kind of got on really well, having loads of crack driving around. And he was telling her about how he used to work as an ice cream man. Yeah. And his name was Mr. Jingles. And um, he was telling her about like kind of, you know, some territorial spats that he had where he'd he'd be kind of doing his round in a certain area. Turf wars. Turf wars. And this other <laughs> ice cream, you know, crew would come in and they'd basically be like, what, what are you doing here? You know, yeah. this is our area. Get out. And, uh, you know, he'd carry baseball bat with him in the van and <laughs> right. all this kind of stuff. So she came home telling me the story and she was like, you know, two of us were chatting. I was like, you know, this would make a great film, you know. Yeah, yeah. We should try and make it, you know. So off I went, got in touch with Ken, and then it all kind of went from there. Opened up to this whole network of ice cream men and women, you yeah. know, and uh, started kind of reaching out and talking to all of them. And, you know, you get to know one, and then they introduce you to another. And a lot of them were very suspicious about what I was doing, you know. Mm. Um, some of them thought it was like, you know, kind of prime time, you know, undercover. Expose. You know, mm. Robin Cook report kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the Cook report. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I kind of convinced them it wasn't that. It was, you know, going to be, you know, a nice, uh, artfully, creatively done little doc, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, I originally wanted to do it on loads of different drivers. And, you know, yeah. it was going to be almost like a Reservoir Dogs, you know, Mr. Mm. Jingles, Mr. Softy, Mr. Mm. Pinky, you know. Yeah. But I kind of found that a lot of them... You know, it's very similar kind of stories, mm. and through the research, kind of, eventually, just kind of settled on one, and mm. uh, it was Pinky, yeah. uh, who originally was very reluctant to talk to me. You right. know, he was one of the ones who was really, you know, didn't had been through a lot of trouble on his run, and right. didn't really want to go back there. He'd kind of come out of that, and yeah, you know, was in wary. quite a yeah, just wary of kind of opening up old wounds or whatever, you know, but. Um, I kind of left him alone. I'd kind of given up on him. And yeah. then one day we were going to go out and Narian, who was the DOP that I've worked with down the years, and he was kind of working on 99 Problems with me. And he'd come up from Mayo with his camera and we were all set to do a day shooting with um, Mr. Softy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mr. Softy rang me at the last minute and said, oh, no, I'm not doing it, you know, don't want to do it. So I had Narian there with the Ari and it was like panic, you know getting out my little black book of ice cream men and ringing them around to see if any of them were available to, you know, shoot with us. And, you know, Pinky was way down the list and I just rang him up and I was like, look, you know, Mark is his real name. I said, Mark, you know, it's Ross, you know, I was in touch with you a few months ago, you know, any chance we can come and shoot with you tomorrow, you know? And he was like, do you know what? Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> so uh, something changed in that time and I think he just kind of was like, you know, why not? Yeah. What, so, a, uh, what a screwball. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so off make we went and we, we filmed with him for the day and uh, he loved it, you know, like he... Kind He's of, a character, isn't he? Yeah, he really got into it and, yeah. you know, and he was kind of like, why would I do it? And I was like, well, you know, you're going to have this forever and mm. this is documenting you and... And it's, you know, the more I kind of met these guys, the more interested I became in their world. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, kind of I'm an entrepreneur myself, I suppose, mm -hmm. and kind of see these guys as very enterprising. You know, they have yeah, their yeah. branding, they have their music, yeah. they have their areas that they look after. They've got to be competitive. They've got to be tenacious in yeah. <laughs> what they do. And, you know, they've got to provide a good service. And 
they do take it very seriously. You know, it's kind of like something yeah. we all joke about, you know. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's uh, it's an interesting profession and it's tough work, you know. Yeah, it's really tough work. You're on your feet all day. You're driving around. You're dealing with kids yeah. wrecking your head, you know. Yeah, and uh, it can be long hours, like as well. Yeah, and they got to make hay when the sun shines too. Mm. So, you know, they've got that window in the summer when yeah. they make their money. And um, but yeah, Pinky. Basically, once we went out with him that one day, he kind of gained his trust and he yeah. started to really just enjoy the whole process. And uh, his daughter actually came in and did work experience with us okay. in, in, in yeah, uh, yeah. Motherland. And, you know, you know, it was just nice, the whole thing. And I basically said to him when we were filming, it was like, look, I'm going to show you this film, you know, before it goes out. And if there's anything you don't yeah. like, you know, yeah. we'll change it. And I give you my word, you know. Yeah. And made the film and he came up to the office and we watched it together and he didn't have any changes. He just loved it. That's you know? great. Uh, which yeah. was brilliant, you know, because yeah. it was kind of a bit of a, I guess it was either brave or stupid move to kind of offer that to someone you're making a documentary <laughs> about because, you know, you're, giving them you're power. kind of screwed, yeah, yeah, if they do start mm. fucking changing things. But... Just felt that it was the only way, really, we were going to get yeah. to make the film we wanted to make, yeah. and uh, but you had, took that you... chance, and and yeah, he loved it, and then I ended up watching it with his whole family, and they really liked it as well. And yeah. you know, he's going to come along to the premiere. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to sitting yeah. there in the cinema watching it with them. You know. Yeah. Um. So I suppose artistic integrity and kind of that creative ba- contract that you have with uh, your subject is very important, is it? Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to make something that wasn't true, you know, to mm. him. Um, but, like, there's a lot of stuff that isn't in the film that, you know... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think the film is... Uh, it do, it's It touches on kind of some of the, uh, the murkier points, but then it, it is kind of... You know, it alludes. It alludes to yeah. it without kind of whacking you over the head with it. You it's know, a, just the juxtaposition works really well because it's all colors, mm. and you used animation so well. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you kind of approach the animation side of it? So the animation part of it was always part of the plan. Like when mm. I first kind of thought about doing it, um, like because like I wasn't making an say an observational doc where I was going to follow this guy around you know every night for yeah. 30 days because that would be you know it wasn't the kind of film I wanted to make yeah. you know um couldn't so, do it reenact- wouldn't work reconstructions yeah work. yeah and that's expensive and stuff tone, like that yeah. so yeah, yeah. You know, wanted to tell some of the backstories because like I couldn't guarantee that I would be there filming when you know, shit some, some, when shit goes down, you know. <laughs> yeah. So the animation was a nice way of kind of telling the backstories because there were loads of backstories and and it just fitted with the whole aesthetic of, you know, the cute pink van mm. in the kind of grey Dublin mm. estates, you know. Um, and, you know, the visuals are quite cute, but like some of what is being talked about is quite serious. Yeah. But it kind of has this kind of surreal feel to it. Um and I think the animation only adds to that. And it was a real, yeah, it was cool to work. I worked with um, a guy called Jonathan Irwin on those. Uh, he was at the time working um, in Event Junkies at the time. And um, we kind of started, you know, can you do animation? He's like, yeah. So I was like, right. Because yeah. there was no funding for this film at all. Yeah, it was one yeah. of those kind of just, 
all hands on deck and, right. you know, just trying to get people, you know, around who could do the job and do it well. Yeah. And beg them to do it for nothing, basically, <laughs> uh, or for very little. But, uh, yeah. A, f- a familiar scenario with a lot of people listening yeah, to this. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of, to be honest, it's like, you know, I, I made a film, Becoming Men, years ago, but like, uh, we just put it up on the internet, you know. Yeah, yeah, a lovely piece of work. I remember it. it well. Yeah. yeah, and never went through the whole film festival process or funding or anything like that. Had you and decided I, not to go that way? Or no, well, I did. Um, I did put it in for funding, um, and it didn't yeah. get uh, selected. But even to go the festival route that time, with Becoming Men, yeah. no, no. I just wanted because Becoming Men at the time was a film made to launch a company. Right, okay. That was the purpose of that. And okay. it was a, co- a company making online videos. Yeah. Not a company making content festivals. to be seen at festivals. Yeah. So it made sense just to put it online and, you know, get loads of people to share it. Mm. And, you know, well, it did one or two. Well, and then yeah. it yeah, kind of yeah. went from there. But uh, it took off. Like, were you surprised? Really surprised, yeah. yeah. It was mad. Like, it never yeah. kind of experienced. I never thought it would be... As a viral sensation. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a horrible word, isn't it? It is, it, but, but it's still, yeah. it, you know, yeah. it hits her views, and that's people watching, yeah, watching yeah. stuff. But, but it, it shows a, that that yeah. I think what you showed with that film, like, because it was a cinematic short, it, could, mm-hmm. it could easily have sat in any festival program. Um, but and it was, you know, people say that people's attention spans and that are are gone. But it was in black and white. It was ten minutes. It's only five minutes long. It's only five, was it? Possibly okay. even less. Okay. It's pretty short. Yeah. But it maybe feels long because it's all super slow-mo and stuff. Uh, I don't think it ever felt long, but it, it just, feels it worked. Longer. It yeah. could have, you know, it it was your, at the time, you weren't seeing that much of that kind of quite artistic, cinematic kind of online content. It's common now, mm. but yeah. uh, at the time it was like, oh, cool. this is cool. Like, this mm. is something new, you know? Yeah. Mm. Thanks. So like, <laughs> thanks. thanks. Great. Yeah. Well, you know, jazz. Nice. Uh, so like all the great, all the woeful hypnotists, we're going to take you right back. Okay. Draw you to right start. back. Uh, tell us a little bit about, um, I suppose, your cinematic or filmmaking influences when you were a kid, kind of where you grew up, what was your local oh. cinema, where did you get the shift for the first time, okay. things like that. Right. We're going right back. <laughs> we're going right back. Um... Well, grew up in uh, in Houth and uh, used to go to the cinema in Fairview. I think it was called uh, the Grand. The Grand. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. There, Ghostbusters. Used Terminator to go to Two. Chance. Screen One. Everybody's banging on about Terminator Two. The last four. Terminator five Two was kind of like, like I'm born 1979, so yeah. That was early 90s, was it? Yeah, uh, so it was kind of, you know... 12, 13, you, you had more important things to do. Yeah, I was a, you know, <laughs> proper kind of chin-scratching, you know, film critic at that point, you know. But uh, now, like, like I guess the films of my childhood were uh, Indiana Jones and yeah. Star Wars, Jaws. Like, I must have watched Jaws about 40 times, had it on VHS and watched it over and over and over again. Actually, Jaws 2 was on over Christmas and I was watching I just knew every word and I, you know every scene it's, every it's underrated it's really underrated Jaws, Jaws 2, 2. Yeah. yeah it's not bad Jaws 2 you know, it's not well, like it. apparently he had the wars it's with the director and he didn't want to do it Scheider anyway right, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah I think it yeah, holds up really it's well it's obviously not as good but uh, well. they, they, they got cons- you know this consistency worse. of shark there yeah 
But um, yeah, no chores. And then um, just remember my mate got a job in the local video shop, uh, Movie Magic. And uh, I'd basically go down to him with a list and was like, get Enter the Dragon, you know, get all these Scorsese films. And, you know, just started really getting into it up in the room, you know, and just watching movies all the time. And uh, starting to kind of go deeper into you know, like the B movie stuff or just foreign yeah. stuff, and yeah. you know, and questioning what it meant, the boys, as opposed to oh, yeah. that's just a bit of crack, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was great, you know, and uh, yeah, just you know, that was it, really. Yeah, and then uh, kind of came out of school, and actually, I tried to go to DCU and DIT for communications, but I didn't get enough points, so I ended up in um, UCD doing arts. Okay. And I was doing like English philosophy and Greek and Roman civilization. And it's just Wasn't went way behind on the reading. Uh, <laughs> spent most of the time in the bar with the, you know, three three cans of Fosters and you get a free one, you know. So it's yeah. like once you cross that kind of four can line, it's like <laughs> game over. But uh, um, no, I think at one stage it was like, oh, am I going to be a philosopher Probably not, you know, it's great reading, you know, Thomas Hobbes and Descartes and all that stuff, but is there a career here or a future? Mm. So I, I basically left all that and uh, got into Kolosh de Dulig okay. in Kulak, which was, um, you know, based on a kind of portfolio. And I was taking a lot of photographs at the time and kind of went in there with, you know, portfolio and uh, myself and my mate were doing a lot of music stuff together and so got into that course and that was more of a practical thing and that was really where I started, you know, thinking, okay, this is going to be my career now, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Did that for three years, then went over to Wolverhampton for a year and mainly I was, uh, did a bit of directing but editing was what I kind of felt I was best at. Yeah. And that's kind of what I, you know, really focused on um, when I left college. And when I left college, I got a job working with this guy, uh, Brian McHugh was his name, and he was was ex-Windmill, he was an editor, and I was his assistant, and he worked out of his house in Portobello. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, we did all the stuff for you. You say that like he was in, like he was in Nam or something. He's ex windmill yeah, operation, yeah. silver yeah. strike. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think he had some, working out of Portobello. I think he had some PTSD from Windmill actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, uh, yeah. He was a good character, but uh, learned a lot from him, you know. Yeah. Uh, he was a hard taskmaster. Yeah. Um, but uh, we did a lot of stuff for you too. Uh, like Bono would come in and we were like editing. What's he like? What's Bono like? Grant. He came in <laughs> once and like he was pointing at some painting. And was, I remember it was the first time I'd met him. And I was like, you know, only like 19 or something. I was, I'm actually like, or I was 19. No, I would have been like 22 or 23 at this stage. I was always a big U2 fan. Like, I loved the U2 of the 80s and, and 90s. And, you know, yeah. kind of like Jaws. They've got progressively worse, I suppose, <laughs> down the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what was it? Yeah, he came in and he was, like, pointing at some painting and asking me, like, is that one of the Dutch masters? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm fucking 23, man. I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me, Bono. I don't fucking know. Here's your tea, you know. <laughs> but it was all, like... Uh, you know, asking us to take out shots where he looked smaller, you know. Right. That, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but it was a really, like, great intro into the world. And, uh, yeah, we did, like, 
kind of specialised in concerts, you know, um, mm-hmm. slain. They did a slain gig in two thousand mm-hmm. and one, and like it was like shot with like twenty five cameras and <laughs> sixteen mil and yeah, all the this Hamish stuff. Hamilton one. Yeah, it was the same day that Jason McAteer scored the goal. Uh, oh yeah, f- against Holland. Yeah, yeah, and they flew the team in then, I and mean, they flew the team in on yeah. the heli or the team. Uh, Larry was at the match that morning with his dad because the it was brilliant because they had like. Um, I think it was back in the day where they'd kind of invest a lot in this kind of stuff because DVDs, like yeah. gigs on a DVD would be big, big sellers, you know. Yeah, yeah. They don't really film concerts in the same way anymore, no. really, you know. Um, so there was big money in this and this was kind of what we specialised in. But um, they had like a, a camera with Larry, a camera with Edge, a camera with Bono and a camera with Adam, like observational style on the morning of the gig and it was fascinating, like... Yeah. So like you know, Bono's kind of practicing his singing in the shower before the gig and all that, and yeah. and I, I think uh, Edge was just like in the Clarence and making his way in, and Larry went to the match with his dad. Does this, does this make it into the? I think it's. I'm sure it's on the DVD yeah. somewhere. Where we cut it down, and then they go to the gig and they're backstage, and Woody Harrelson is there chatting and. <laughs> And Bono's telling Chris Martin about how like Coldplay should do more dance music and you know all this kind of stuff like real <laughs> and then they did real proper like behind the scenes yeah it was cool <laughs> um, so yeah it did that for for a bit yeah um, which was which was great and uh, then went off travelling I think uh, just had to get that out of my system yeah I went off to uh, South America for a while and then. Um, Came back and got a job in a post house mm-hmm. and like worked as an editor for about five years. Right. And um, yeah, kind of did a lot of, uh, you know, reality TV stuff. Earn, yeah. Earning your stripes. Uh, yeah. At the time it was kind of the, um, I suppose it was probably new at the time, you know, reality TV shows, you know, mm. and they were all the rage. Uh, yeah. And so I think doing those kind of shows, you get quite good at editing. Yeah, because it's all in the edit, you know. Making stories, finding a story where there kind of isn't one yeah. a lot of the time, you yeah. know. And so, um, this is now what year are we in now? At this point, kind of late noughties, I suppose. Yeah, was when I was kind of yeah coming to the end of that, and I think the recession really hit that whole industry, mm. and you know my job then kind of became kind of a bit more like a three day week kind of thing you know rather right. than full time it was hard and I was like I need to kind of do something so um, at the time you know YouTube and Facebook were only really starting and uh, this kind of online video stuff was only really beginning it seems like it's been around forever but yeah, it's only really late noughties that it really started kicking off so I was doing a lot of like uh, freelancey things for a friend of mine she was working in PR so I had a camera and I'd go off and film some bits and then edit together and give it to her and you know I was like I actually do this you know more of this and make some money out of it and I was kind of sick of being broke as well so I was like this I'm actually going to start making some money now yeah Mm -hmm. so set up this company event junkies and the whole idea was to film events edit short videos and get them up Mm -hmm. online within 24 hours of the event so it was all about like super fast turnaround yeah and ran it from like I had a man cave at the back of the house and like that was me for a year yeah, you know, going out filming stuff, bringing it back, editing, running the business, but it was just yeah. a one man thing. But it clicked with 
businesses. Yeah, you, because you, they all had their Facebook pages, they all had their YouTube channels, yeah. and they all had these things they were doing, and they needed to, you know, create um, videos. Yeah. And content. So, yeah, started there. I suppose got a few good clients under the belt. Started doing stuff with Red Bull and Google, and got in the door in a couple of places, and then kind of grew from there. Then yeah. had to move out of the man cave and uh, get an office in Baggett Street, and then start hiring people from there. And yeah, so, so that Keith Keith Harrison Keith here, mate. Keith, first, yeah, yeah, was my firstborn. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> poor Keith. Don't know how he survived those first couple of years because yeah. it was intense like we were Must working like you and him for a while yeah it's myself and Keith yeah. and then Peter who's like you know on our roster the motherland roster POB who yeah. kind of started as an intern um, right. and it was myself Peter and Keith really uh, you know driving all around Ireland and shooting stuff and you know editing on the fly and you yeah. know we did work a lot of late nights yeah. and you know it was you know, I really pushed the lads hard, yeah, yeah, you know, in hindsight, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and myself. But it was like, it was just, you know, it was a buzz, you know, the yeah. start of the business. And it's like you see progression and things are happening and we're, yeah, you know, we're getting somewhere with it. And it was exciting, I suppose. And, and you're yeah. so you like it was a way of kicking in the door and getting you were kind of get, making those contacts with those PR companies yeah. and marketing companies. Yeah. And then from there you could go yeah. into more creative stuff yeah. yeah so that's exactly what happened yeah so it started with Keith then Peter then Joe and John and like it was yeah. it was hiring new people all the time and it was like right when it was Keith and Peter they were shooting I was the editor then Joe came in he was the editor and I was kind of just producing then you know so it was like always kind of removing myself from you know certain tasks to kind of oversee it more yeah. all the time yeah. you know trying to, to get creatively there. lead it to an end goal that's such a, like yeah, wacky I'm glad I didn't yeah, say yeah, that yeah. Yeah. artistic overseer yeah yeah that's it yeah. creative direction vision master yeah <laughs> blue sky thinking uh, <laughs> um, but yeah it got to the point where like we had like really good clients and the clients would be like look Ross you know we have this piece of video content we want done and it's not an event it doesn't require a fast turnaround but we know you lads are really good at what you do and you know what you're at and we'd love you to do it so I was like okay great I want to do it but you know maybe I should set something else up yeah. and not do it as an event junkies job you know Yeah. because event junkies was heavily branded as like it's event junkies yeah. you know it's like film at a chair and I thought that was yeah. really important because like there were 20 minutes of, for less or less there were like, a lot of production yeah. companies around and they're all kind of this jargon of mm. video solutions and platforms and you know digital and you know it wanted to do a production company that really did what it said in the tin and any Egypt could just look at the page and go yeah, oh, yeah. I get that you know yeah. so that was Event Junkies and so set up Motherland then uh, which was essentially the same Five lads out of yeah. the same office, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know. And I, 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 ha I did this talk last year at uh, an event called the Future, and uh, which I don't think is happening now this year. But uh, the future's not happening this the year. The future's not <laughs> happening now. <it's>, future's cancelled. <laughs> future's over. It's all about the present, <laughs> the moment. But uh, <laughs> but it was like thinking. <laughs> I say like uh, yeah, because I'm a Gemini, right? So I'm like you know twin star sign and split personality so like the event junkies is that kind of fast moving you know get it done 
busy mm-hmm. side of me and then yeah. Motherland is the more kind of hmm, thoughtful thoughtful <laughs> creative ideation <laughs> or whatever you want to call it Blue Sky Ross you know yeah, yeah. but uh, but like Event yeah. Junkies, junkies is still still going, going yeah away, yeah, yeah so we're basically on Hill Street now in Dublin 1 yeah um, and you know 16 of us now between the two companies which is pretty mad but um, but it's great. We've like a full edit suite. We do grading in house. We do sound design in house. You know. Um, and if you're an outside production, you can. Are you are you interested in other sh- films or other projects? Films, yeah. Now this is kind of where we're going with Motherland. Mm. Want to do? I suppose why I'm on this podcast. You know, it's <laughs> like uh, Ninety Nine Problems was very much something I wanted to do for years, and uh, it just kept because it was like a passion project. There was no money in it. It kept getting put in the back burner because, like, you know, an actual job where people are paying me would come in. So I'd have to drop it and, you know, focus on that. Mm, familiar. And, yeah, and it just kept getting, you know, parked. And then this summer, I was like, no, I am absolutely doing it this summer. No questions. And I'm going to really prioritize it. And it was good because I finally had the companies at the stage where I actually was free to kind of you know, step back from them a little and, yeah. and you know, work on the passion project. So, yeah, 99 Problems. We've we done Becoming Men. We did a film called Krahang as well, one of our directors, Josh. Um, a documentary about a Thai motorcycle gang. And, uh, you know, kind of trying to move into more films and trying to help our directors get their films made, basically, you know. Yeah. But 99 Problems was definitely this journey I wanted to go on, which I felt I didn't with Becoming Men because that just went online. Yeah. I wanted to go through this whole festival circuit and, you know, see what that's like and, you know, yeah. see what doors that opens up. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Have I gone off on a mad tangent there? No, no, no. No, no it's okay. no, no. Right. Uh, <laughs> What's the... Uh, have you any kind of... It's a, a question we ask a lot of people who come on. Um, how do you deal with because I'm sure you've had rejection over the last couple of years especially yeah. working in the ad the space day. yeah <laughs> how do you deal with that do you have a strategy or how does that work like rejection in what sense just well say, like you work in ads so that there's a lot yeah, if something goes out to tender a big gig you need it for the company or something you yeah. know I mean like to be honest yeah I mean it's it's a part of the job really you know pitch on things all the time a lot of the time we don't win you know, uh, and you just got to dust yourself down and go again, you know. Did you have like a ratio for every project we get? We've applied for 10 or... Well, what do, you need, to, what do you need to break even is what he's asking. Well, <laughs> need the four that year. Yeah, well, like you do want to be progressing all the time and doing bigger and better stuff. Like last year we did a big Tesco commercial, mm. which was like you know, biggest job we've done mm. and it was great experience, you know, it was just brilliant to be able to do it and pull it off and that was with a director, Finn Keenan, mm-hmm. who's incredibly talented and you should get him on this podcast. Uh, sure, yeah. Great, great yeah, I'm familiar with him, definitely, yeah. Um, but Finn, Finn, <laughs> have your people call our people or <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah, exactly, how, yeah. however that works. Um, but, uh, but, um, but yeah, like it is disappointing, you know, you are, you, and increasingly we put more into the pitches as well. It's actually cost me money to pitch right. on things now because, you know, you're bringing people in to help with the writing, you're bringing mm-hmm. people in to help with the image research, and then there's the time actually spent to put it all together and budget it all up. Do you find it helps? It, it helps to do that little bit of extra work? Well, you know, I kind of want to 
you know, put our best foot forward every time and, you know. Yeah, it's part of the game. It it's is. It's an investment. I think like. so. Some people don't. Some people do. Mm. It's hard to know sometimes, you know. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it can be incredibly disappointing when you think you're about to win something and you think, you think you've mm. walked out of the meeting and there's, oh, that was a great vibe in there and I think yeah. they really liked the treatment and, you know, really excited about this and then you get the call next week. It's like, no, the client just, you know, went with someone else because they preferred some, you know, minor thing that, yeah, you mm. know, you, yeah, how do I deal with it? You know, I get angry. <laughs> Momentarily, obviously, yeah, it, it, the instant reaction is you don't one of, like, you don't roam the streets looking for any product, uh, any kind of ad agency to to, no. to beat up with it. No, no, let's not go there. No. <laughs> uh, no, I don't do that. No, like initially, yeah, you're kind of disappointed, and you know, I suppose everyone's like that, you know. And then you just wait for the next one to come, you know. But uh, but yeah, you have to busy yourself with the passion projects. So yeah. I suppose that's what's good about my setup is. Like event junkies is really, you know, busy. You know, mm. on a daily basis. You know, we've like loads of shoots on. Like at one stage, there was one day last year we had five shoots on in one day. Right, Jesus, which is mad, really. Yeah. And uh, you know, it it can be like hard to balance the two. Um, but got a great team in there and like really great systems now. And you know, we all kind of know what we're at and what we're you know expected yeah. to do and. And I suppose the, yeah, I'm not 100% reliant on Motherland, I suppose, you know. It's nice to have the other two, mm. the two things. Mm. So when Motherland's quiet, eventually he's going to be busy and vice yeah. versa, you know. Mm -hmm. So I suppose I'm lucky in that sense, you know, to have the two things going on. Yeah. You know, because if you, like I do, you know, I'm a director, yeah, and I pitch on things, but that's not all I do you know yeah. that way mm -hmm. and I do know a lot of directors and get talking to them and a lot of them can be demoralised because they are like you know mm. th that's their lifeblood they're pitching and you know yeah. when they're on a losing streak it's very tough Yeah, mm. you know Do you buzz off finding talent for Motherland because you're always looking course, for yeah. new directors yeah. Though, right? yeah yeah. so what are you looking for like, or do you just know when you see it um, yeah probably know when I see it you know it's uh, we get people sending us stuff all the time and, you know, we always look at everything, but mm. like, you know, you can sometimes tell them easily and even just, you can just tell. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's and like, I, I, we're trying to keep the roster for years. I was like trying to keep the roster really small. Yeah. But then this year we've actually added a few and uh, we've kind of expanded it. We signed, well, this is myself, this yeah. Finn, who we've spoken about, this POB, yeah. who's Peter, who, like I said, started with as an intern and this year's the year of the pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peter is incredibly talented, and the uh, do, he did know. the Dulux one. No, 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 Peter did Soar. Soar, Soar, uh, Soar's great. Yeah. yeah, which was brilliant. Uh, uh, like so for just, people who don't uh, know what Soar was, that was yeah, it's a teenage kind of uh, I don't know what you call it, charity, more like a not-for-profit group or whatever. But right. they they kind of help. It's like a Good Samaritans for teenagers, mm. I suppose. And uh, it was a, a script that came in from Rothko and we just took one look at the script and we were like, oh, this is great. Yeah. This is really cool. And they, you know, it was brave and it was, you know, it spoke to teenagers. It wasn't like, it wasn't speaking down to them, yeah. kind of speaking yeah. their language or whatever. Yeah. And Peter just did a brilliant job and, um, yeah, it was, uh, 
yeah, just good for him to show what he could do, you know, with okay. a good script, a good creative. And we're always, you know, looking to, to work on cool stuff. Like There was no money really in that, you know, it was yeah. very much a charity job. But, right. you know, we often just take things on if they're yeah. going to be worthwhile for yeah. ourselves, uh, mm. you know, to get us excited about a project. There's um, a lot of uh, a lot of filmmakers by necessity uh, are, you know, entrepreneurs. Yeah. So... Have you any, you know, like they have to set up companies, a lot of filmmakers, yeah. um, you know, by necessity, as I said. Yeah. Have, you any, have you any tips for anybody entering that space of, you know, as, as to the do's and don'ts and what they need to watch out for or advice you'd give to people who are... Who are setting of, up a company. Who are, who are do, more specifically in, in, in the ad space, but also in, in creative filmmaking. Um, like, there's no secret formula, I don't think. Like, it's, you just got to be prepared to work your ass off. Like, I mean, that's, like, a really obvious thing to say. Mm-hmm. But, like, the first few years, I worked my bollocks off. Like, <laughs> I was working like a maniac. My wife pretty much nearly left me. <laughs> and I shouldn't. Uh, but, like, I ha- we had our first baby, you know. Shout out and to and the I literally, mock. you know, paternity leave for me was, like, three hours and, you Jeez. know, or one day and I spent the day on the phone kind of thing, you know, right. sorting stuff out. So it was, like, very tough period and uh, yeah. she stuck with me, thank God. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it was, um, you have to be prepared to work really hard and to, like, in those first few years, really... You know, your your name is everything. You know, your reputation, Ireland's a small place. Your reputation is everything. You've got to get a reputation for doing really good work and doing it well and being thorough and not, you know, not being lazy and not dialing it in. You know, mm-hmm. you got to be really honest those first few years because if you blow it in those first few years, it's hard to get back in the door, you know. Right. So that was really what my focus was that I was like very intense <laughs> Keith will tell you all about that but like <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we were you know we cared you know about yeah. what we were doing you know and it was really important that we gave the client a good and still is you know yeah. it's not like well now those three years are over <laughs> can just do whatever but yeah I have to be prepared to work hard and then also you know yeah just care about what you're doing you know uh, try and do it Try and put that extra 10% that is you into it, you know. Mm. You get the brief, okay, let's not just give them the brief back, you know. Let's take the brief and then yeah. sprinkle a bit of magic dust on it and, you know. And would you would you have, like, would you work in, like, five-year plans or three-year plans or that kind of thing to try and keep developing the company? Where do you see yourself in five <laughs> years, Ross? On an island somewhere would be amazing. <laughs> Love Island. Bay. Or do you have, in the, because it's so changeable, do you have to just work year by year? Well, yeah, look, I mean, every year I, in my head, I'm like, you know, yeah, here are the things I'd like to achieve this year. And yeah. uh, I think if you write them down, you're more likely to achieve them. Mm. Uh, definitely. And I keep telling myself that, you know, I'm quite a tenacious person yeah. um, as well. Tenacity is a really important thing starting a business. Like, you know, mm. you know, decide what you where you want to go and just don't rest until you get there, you know. Yeah. Um, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like uh, every year there's new challenges and new things you want to achieve. And, uh, uh, yeah, no, and, yeah, do I have five-year plan? I think I did at the beginning. But I've never looked back at it, you know, that way. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I am kind of making this up as I go along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of more like a, 
a one two year plan rather than a five year plan. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I I'd say I always say uh, try and make a living and not a fortune. You know as mm. well because like just don't be chasing the money. Mm. You know and uh, th- I know that's probably a stupid thing to say as well because people need to live and you mm. know there are you know but uh, I suppose if you really focus on the the creative first and foremost hopefully the the money side of it will will follow yeah yeah but make a living yeah don't be like trying to over budget things and you know just yeah, try yeah. and get enough to to live and then hopefully it'll all build from there cool yeah um so uh, p- people if they want to see 99 problems Where yeah yeah well, it's sold out, so... Is it sold uh, out? <laughs> so that's another problem to But, you know, 99. I have a few spare tickets for whoever wants to offer me the most amount of money, but... Uh, <laughs> it's not about the money. Yeah, yeah. it's not about the money. <laughs> uh, no, it's um, it's on in Diff, Dublin Film Festival, um, on Monday, the 25th of February, uh, Shorts 3, at 6 o'clock in the Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it did sell out, like, really quickly, and loads of people have been in touch going oh man I went on trying to get a ticket and yeah. it's gone can you sort me out and it's like yeah I I have a few tickets but I have to give them to Pinky and I have to give them I was to just going to say does Pinky like have any in the van doing the rounds yeah he, he's coming uh, on the night and I will, hopefully he'll do the Q&A and all that stuff with me he's a bit shy well he says he's shy but I'd say on the night he'll get up but um, but yeah it's uh an achievement for this year, and a wonderful. It must be wonderful to yeah, to, and it, to see it in that environment. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to get it into Diff, and it it also has got into a, another big festival, which I can't talk about. But uh, yeah. let us know when it is. Yeah, when when I, when, when I can announce it, it'll be announced. But it's really exciting, and uh, you know, just looking forward to kind of doing the whole festival circuit and hopefully get into as many festivals as possible. And you know, I suppose Nighttime Problems was all about doing a film, demonstrating that we're, we can do it. So when we go and try and get funding the next time, you know, we have a track record. Because beforehand, we're kind of a company that make ads and, you know, mm-hmm. online content. Mm-hmm. We don't really have a track record in film, apart from mm-hmm. Becoming Man, but that was like just went straight up on the internet. So, yeah, yeah. so when I'm going in looking for funding, you know, yeah, you can make all these ads and all that stuff, but it's a very different beast, the film world, as you know which I'm kind of learning every year. But yeah, yeah, 99 Problems is all about just, you know, having that calling card, I suppose. And uh, yeah, so far so good. Mm. Part of a strategy. Part of a strategy, yeah. Um, But yeah, we want to start doing kind of more long-form docs, you know. Um, We were very close to producing one, which would have been amazing, but... uh, Didn't happen. It was really sad. Okay. Um... Don't want to go into the details of it, but it could have been great, but it didn't happen, so it's over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we want to start doing more long form, more short films, you know. Yeah. You know, really starting to be involved in all those uh, funding rounds. Do you want to hear from filmmakers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to hear from filmmakers. We worked with uh, Jared Duffy, uh, who made Little Bear, which was a short uh, that was in. Was it last year's diff? No, maybe two years ago. But Jer uh, kind of approached us and he had a short film, which funnily enough, The Edge is the exec producer on. Right. Uh, Edge put in some money on it. So uh, 
yeah, we made it and it's finished and we're entering that into festivals now. It's called Void. Okay. But like, yeah, Jair is not on our roster or anything like that. Right. Or, yeah, yeah. So we definitely would love to hear from any directors or writers out there who have ideas and want a production company to get kind of get involved. And yeah, like we have kind of the post facilities in-house and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I suppose we can get things done. Um, you know. Uh, uh, any interest in this year's Storyland? Yeah, well, one of the lads went along to uh, the... I think there was a briefing there the other day, so we have all the docs documentation and mm-hmm. we're starting to kind of go through that and brainstorm. But yeah, yeah, like that is the kind of thing that we'd love to, you know, dip your toe in the in. mix for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks. No worries. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, yeah. That was the most organic ending you've ever had.